We are back. Who's your band podcast with Sean Morton? Hello, Sean. Hi, Jeffrey. How are you? Good. Good to see you. And we have two special guests today. Yes, we have. We have uh, Mark Rizzo from the band Soulfly. Hello, Hello Mark. Amazing. How's it going? Thanks for coming down. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we have Damian Danello, okay, fellow musician. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I mean, our pleasure. How are you guys holding up during all this? Doing all right, you know, we're just uh, listening to whatever we need to listen to, I guess. You know, staying home, not going anywhere. That's about <laughs> it, I guess. You know? I go out. I go out every day. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I got my Jägermeister bandana and fuck everybody. I don't care at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't stay in this house. I go crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm digging being home. You know, I'm used to always being on the road, touring all over the place. So uh, usually when I'm home from tour, I usually just stay home and hang out and do my own thing anyway. So for me, this is... Uh, this is normal to it's great, be though. home and be quarantined. You need a little downtime, right? Mark, now I do. Last show? All my tours are canceled, so uh, no. looks like I'll be home probably for about a year, it looks like. <laughs> I was supposed to be in Europe all summer, and uh, that's that's canceled now, so I'm home. So what are you doing to pass the time? I just play guitar, you know, write music, play guitar, jam, hit my gym in my garage. That's about it, you know. So you know, do you know how infuriating it is to watch Mark Rizzo live on Facebook playing Sharp Dressed Man? <laughs> Amazing. And I can't, I can't stand the speed of this guy's fingers. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk a, a little bit about, uh, you know, how there's a weird connection, which you may, may not even know about, but I will uh, bring that up later on. But where did you and Damien meet? In high school? No, we yeah. Yeah, we, we grew Before. up together. Yeah, we, we grew up. He's couple blocks away from me you know we played football together as as kids and um nice. yeah you know where did you guys grow up carlstadt carlstadt yeah yeah i used to date a girl from carlstadt yeah then we all yeah we all did <laughs> were you guys in a high school band no uh, i didn't do band in high school i stopped after middle school but mark you did though didn't you yeah i was in the jazz band concert band um yeah i did all that stuff in high school yeah i didn't actually i didn't start playing music till i was 19 i started late you know really so, yeah, yeah i i wanted to but growing up everything was about sports you know in my area and uh nobody i knew was with the exception of like mark but there really weren't many people doing music and uh all my friends were all jocks so i didn't know the path to take you know my brothers were jocks so that's all we did was play sports and then, where'd you go to becton uh, yeah awesome yeah. Okay. What kind of stuff did you guys listen to growing up, like in high school? Metal, Slayer, <laughs> Overkill. You know, a lot of metal, a lot of hardcore, a lot of uh, all different types of music. Really, you know, I like anything that's got cool guitar playing in it, but definitely a lot of metal. You know, did most kids guys. around uh, your way uh, listen to that type of music. Me, yeah, I grew, I grew up with old metalheads. Da Damien, uh, nah, I think Damien probably was a good kid in yeah, you know, yeah. studying in school. I mean, you know, I was going to metal <laughs> shows. Uh, you know, I grew up hanging out at, at uh, Studio One in Newark, New Jersey, the Pipeline, right around the corner. Going to CBGBs, you know, going to shows all the time. We were old metalheads, people I hung out with. Yeah, I was totally opposite. I'm also a year older than him, so we weren't in the same class. But uh, yeah, like I said, I was more like a sports guy, and then. Uh, when when I was in high school, what I listened to, I, I got caught up in that whole grunge thing, you know, uh, with the exception of Nirvana. I loved like Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, you know, uh, Soundgarden. Those are my favorite bands. But I really wasn't into like metal. I think the heaviest album I had when I was younger was probably uh, Vulgar Display of Power or something like that when that came out in like 91. Um, but I never listened to like uh, any thrash metal or heavy, heavy stuff, you know. So, Very cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um Mark, Soulfly, I mean, I, I was listening to uh, the music uh, the last few days, and I kind of get like a, a vibe, like a, almost like a, like a corn type of sound. Were you influenced by a band like that? Um, yeah, corn's cool. We toured with them. We did uh, Russia, three weeks all over Russia back in 2014, opening up for corn, and uh, we're friends with those guys. Um, yeah, they're great. They're a good band, you know. I mean, they're a little bit later on when they came out. You know, I'm more into the older school stuff from the early 80s like uh, what overkill megadeth you know uh, nuclear assault um all the old school thrash metal bands that's kind of that's I was really thinking. hard stuff yep yeah back back in the day overkill was taping a uh, a dvd special 
at the, I guess it was the convention hall in Asbury Park. And we went down there and it was back in the day when they had sleep apnea. And I'm the only person in the world who fell asleep at an overkill show because I had, did not sleep the night before and they got it on video. So there's a video going around somewhere from overkill. <laughs> and you see this fat guy sitting in the top of the friggin' uh, convention hall, passed out in the middle of elimination. I don't think that's ever happened before. It's never going to happen again either. But Mark, did you ever go down and hang out at Lemoore's? Was that around your time as well? Um, yeah, I, I played there like once or twice. I mean, that was a little bit, you know, trying to get to Brooklyn's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I always heard about all those great shows. That was a little bit before my time. I think I, I played there back in my first time playing Lemoore's was 2001. I think I played there again in like 2003. And then I think they closed shortly after that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wasn't really, I didn't really get to, you know, Lemoore's too often. I played there local once. joints that you played. Uh, locally, Studio One. That was my bit. That was my spot. You know, I mean, anyone that grew up in this area of Jersey, Studio One was, uh, you know, it was a dangerous place to get to and to park, leave your car at. But um, definitely, Studio One was the spot where I saw a lot of, a lot of shows. And um, that that was actually one of my first metal shows I ever played. Uh, was at Studio One. It was like in 1994. My old death metal band. We opened up for Fear Factory. And um, every weekend, Studio One had a uh, killer show going on. Always. You could see Typo Negative, Life of Agony. Yep. Yeah, I saw all, all those guys. Where... Actually, the first time I ever saw Life of Agony was opening up for Typo Negative um, at Studio One. And I had never even heard. That was before Life of Agony's first record even came out. Yeah, that was probably like 93. Yeah, 93-ish, I think, yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, is that kind of like a badge of honor for uh, for an up-and-coming band to open up for an established act like that? Kind of like the way a comedian would open up, like if uh, like Sean and I would open up for a day, like you know uh, Sebastian Maniscalco or someone like of that that magnitude. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially since I was I was just like a 16 year old kid, um, so to be able to open up for the bands that I idolized, that was like really uh, big to me back in those days, you know. So um, it still is, you know. I still get a kick out of touring with my favorite bands. What's your favorite places to play? Like, what, like, uh, um, you know, as, as comedians, you know, there, there are certain cities that we always have a good time in. You know, we look mm -hmm. forward to going back to every year. How about yourself when you're on the road? Anywhere in South America, man. Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Chile. I mean, uh, I love all anywhere south of the border. Mexico, Central America. I love it all down south, man. I, the fans are incredible. Most beautiful women in the world. Um, and the food's incredible there. It's just, uh, I, it's, it's always a pleasure to go uh, down south. It's, it's my favorite place to be all over, all over the world. I think out of Hudson County, I'm happy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hudson County's cool too, man. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's where I like to try to hang out. Jesus Christ. Where might have. Earlier, I was saying, I was listening to some of the music and a couple of songs that stood out to me. I really like the song Prophecy. That's, okay. a, that's a great song with a, I wrote down, like, I, I love the intro to that song. It's a very cool intro and just like heavy, heavy stuff. And I like Back to the Primitive. Mm, nice. Yeah, two, of the, two, two, of the, two of the biggest songs yeah, for Soulfly. Yeah. I, like, I like to, I want to go back a little bit because um, I can remember seeing, you know, seeing you play, uh, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s with, with El Nino and stuff. And, okay. you know, we had our rehearsal studio in the same place at Factory Studios when I had my band. And Factory Studios, yeah. Factory, but I bet you didn't know this, we actually shared a wall. Oh yeah? We shared a wall, and I remember, because you guys had the Step Kings in your yep. studio as well, so yep, I'd yep. always fuck around with Fern, when Fern was, when I knew they were in there, I would yep, crank yep. the guitar up and I would start playing Friends from their first album on guitar, and he would start banging on the wall really hard, <laughs> going, cut that shit out, that's our song. <laughs> I used to get so, I would get so like, uh, like not envious but like i just i was so happy to see so many local bands from jersey at that time uh because that scene was really really big you know in the late 90s early 2000s i mean not just you guys with the step kings and uh guys like point for hope uh disney fist all those guys i always felt were just like that close to being the next bands that were going to break out and get signed at that time yeah yeah it was a great era man i was you know it wasn't really uh my favorite era of music but um but it was it was cool to be part of it, you know. I yeah. at that point, uh, it was just cool to to get out and and do all those tours, gigs, and uh, you know to, to to get a record deal, you know. So yeah. I definitely was very um, you know honored to be part of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. It was a, an incredible time and a cool era, and it was a cool era because it was it was probably the last time you saw heavy music on MTV 
and we wound up getting in regular rotation, um, which was incredible for me. It was, it was just an amazing experience, especially for my my first record deal, my first, and that's that. It's amazing how much the record industry has changed over the last, say, 15, 20 years. Right. It really yeah. has. I mean, Damien, when you were... Um, Walk have a stroke? Yeah. <laughs> he, totally dropped his, he totally dropped his camera. So we'll, we'll figure that out. But So Damien, when you're talking yeah. about going from the grunge era, right? Like, yeah. I know you don't like Nirvana for some reason. Which I yeah, it's just never... It's not that I don't like, like them. They, it's not that I don't like them. They weren't my favorite. You know, everyone loved... Uh, you know, smells like teen spirit all that stuff and got and that was like the i guess the uh, the opening song that made everybody a big fan of that whole uh you know musical era but for me uh they, it didn't really make me want to listen to it the, the song that got me really into all that stuff was even flow from pearl jam and when i saw it the oh, first, yeah. time, first time i saw that uh video i think we lost mark for a second there um going back um, the first time I saw that video on MTV, I was like, wow, you know, going from the eighties and listening to all those glam bands and that the style of eighties music, which I still love to listen to all of a sudden I saw this video and I was like, what is, you know, what's going on with music? You know, and that's what made me really want to play music, you know? And, um, so that's where it started for me. And then just kind of branched off into, you know, whatever. And that was a word, that was a word of mouth CD for me, the Pearl Jam ones. I remember going on one of those like retreats that you have to go to in high school. Yeah, and kid, I wasn't even like really good friends with. Wait, wait, what, what kind of retreat did you have to go? To? <laughs> retreat? Yeah, well, I went to Catholic high school, so they make you go. Oh, on did you, oh you had to go on one of those. Re- I did. That's right, oh, St. Peter's, right? Yeah, you, you had to go like on yearly retreats and stuff. Yeah, like you had that. to go like on yeah. these religious retreats. Sure. So like the first, the first time I'm going, like this kid, Matt, and I wasn't like great friends with him, like I knew him, and he was like, "Dude, I know you love music. I made you this. You got to listen to it." And it was Pearl Jam. He was trying to pick you yeah. up. Uh, very it was an old boys school. Very yeah, possible. That's what it was. But uh, I heard that. I was like, same thing. I was like, you know, I heard, you know, I, I had heard uh, Alive. I thought that was great, but I always thought that Even Flow was the standout on yeah. that album. You know, they had like the Jeremy on that album. They had those three videos, you know, for Alive and Oceans and uh, and uh, Even Flow. And when they started playing them all the time, it was great, you know, and and uh. That's when everything started booming. And of course, you had Smells Like Teen Spirit. You had all the, you know, Nirvana songs that were out there. And then little by little, like Alice in Chains started getting out there more and Soundguard started getting out there. And that just kind of hooked me in. You know, by the time I was a sophomore in high school, that's that's what I wanted to listen to. You know, you're a big Alice in Chains guy, right? I, I do. I do really like Alice in Chains a lot. I absolutely do. They're you remember the first time you heard Man in the Box? That's, you know, and, and going back to when MTV actually played videos, that video is just so odd and and watching you know lane staley in a chicken coop you know grabbing the fence and just shaking it and then the guy with the eyes that were sewn shut and he's walking around it's like what the heck is going on here and that's going from 80s you know video killed the radio star type videos to that i was like what is going on and i think that's what really hooked me into it because i i like metal music too but i wasn't really nothing that you know mark used to listen to none of that stuff but you know, we did go, obviously Metallica was big back in the 80s, you know, when they first started getting like really, really big. And I like them and stuff. But going from like 80s pop to, the, to I guess, the grunge was such a huge leap for me. And it got my attention. See, I always, I had this argument with a friend of mine too all the time that he doesn't think that Allison changes a grunge band. He sees them more as a metal band. You know what the, the argument is that grunge doesn't really play solos. So if you have bands that they rip solos in their songs, it's not really grunge, it's more rock. And I think that was what they're like Pearl Jam too. Like they're more bluesy uh, blues rock with, uh, you know, heavily influenced by Hendrix. I mean, a lot of those solos from Mike McCready or, or uh, Hendrix, you know, style. So it's hard to call them like a grunge band, but then you have a band like Nirvana where they're more like a punk, you know, they have like punk elements in, you know, three chords and just three power chords and that's it, you know. And uh, Alice in Chains was a grunge band because they wore flannel and shorts on stage. Yeah, probably. A yeah. Band. yeah. I mean, I just, personally though, I, I, I didn't really... Hey, they were on the soundtrack of... of yeah, singles, uh, yeah. Singles. <laughs> yeah, that's Great true. Great song, right? Wood. Yeah, and they were in the movie too, so... Right, yeah. right. Come on. So they're grunge. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I just, again, I, I wasn't really like, I didn't really worry about labeling them something. I was more like... uh you know, I, I would rather just listen to it and enjoy it for what it is. So sure. hard rock, grunge, whatever. They, I just, it just made me feel good when I listened to it. You know, so I, uh, I also agree with that too. It's like, you know, I noticed the difference very early on. Like, I was a huge Nirvana fan, and then it definitely trailed off later on once you start realizing that the songs weren't really that 
yeah, yeah, yeah. and deep and stuff like that. Well, come on, sure. Did you like the second album though? Did you like In Utero? In Utero is my favorite of theirs, actually. Me too. And yeah, I, it's definitely my like, favorite. A uh, hot shape box. Come on, that's a great song, yeah, and a little and a little bit of a departure of anything off the first album. Yeah, I mean, Bleach was great, but like it, it didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of play. You know, that was more of an underground thing. And then obviously, never mind, broke them out. But yeah. I uh, I always notice the difference between like the Nirvana and then the Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. I kind of put them in two different camps. You know what I mean? Uh, like for me, Soundgarden. Uh, is more was more grunge and then definitely evolved a little bit yeah they definitely yeah. they branched out like whatever you know i I'm, i love chris cornell man it's just a shame that he passed away but uh when when soundgarden first came out they were you can they were they can distinguish themselves from the rest i sure. think you know and it was chris cornell's voice that really did it and i think that's what allison chains too with lane staley's voice he just kind of was over and above and beyond everybody else i felt you know at the time yeah. See, the beautiful thing about, I love about Alice in Chains, too, is, you know, people, you know, people say, oh, you know, the new singer, the new singer. First of all, people don't give enough credit when you listen to Alice in Chains that yeah. Jerry Cantrell was such an integral part of that band and the musical, uh, the vocal part as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because his harmonies and even the songs that he sang, like, you don't realize how much of a, of a huge impact he had on that band. Yeah, that's, and I think that's, that's it for me. The, the one reason why uh, Alice in Chains is one of my favorites, because because of the harmonies i mean that's what really made them stand out to me and even when i write now like i'll write a song and i'll put two to three part harmonies in it just because i love doing it because of that you know because of yeah, listening absolutely. to how Alice and chains did it so um they, and i think that they also i mean if you look at their jar of flies uh ep if you listen to their um sap ep i mean it's all acoustic it's so, it. so different you know like a, a song like uh whale and wasp where it's all just instrumental it's like, is that Alice in Chains? And then you hear a song like Wood or you hear a song like Them Bones. And th the way that they were able to just um, be so dynamic, but still be Alice in Chains. Like you knew it was them when they were on there and you didn't mind that they had different songs. Like you yeah. wanted them to play all that different stuff, you know? Yeah. I like the song, uh, I like the, the album Dirt. Yeah, yeah. What, what What's your favorite album off of Alice in Chains? I, I think Jar of Flies is my favorite song from them is Nutshell that's on there. Uh, but but then again, dirt was again, that was their catalyst. I mean, I had uh, facelift and facelift was awesome. That's with Man in the Box and everything, and had a lot of good songs on there like Sunshine and um, Love Hate Love was another good song. Uh, but when Dirt came out, man, with you know Rooster and you, you know Down in a Hole, I mean these songs are just fantastic songs. Cool. And like Sean said, when you got a guy like you know Jerry Cantrell, he's singing so much in some of those songs, and he's so underrated because every you know he's overshadowed by. Right. Main's voice but without those other harmonies like if you listen to uh jerry cantrell's uh first solo album i think it was boggy depot i think boggy it was depot. called uh, if you listen to that th those songs if it, to me it seemed like those songs were written for alice in chains I, I you know what i mean like and you can hear lane's parts in there and it's so eerie because it's like he probably had those songs ready to go and everything kind of fell apart and he's just like screw it i'm just gonna put an album together and you can, like I said, man, you can hear those parts when you think Lane's going to you know, start singing. And it's like, wow, this is, he definitely wrote that. Because then his next album, I think it was The Degradation Trips. I think yeah. he had like the two-volume uh, two CD, whatever. Um, I, 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 that was a little more, I think, just Jerry Cantrell. I think he wrote that a little different. But that's yeah, why I think... Definitely. Yeah, that's why I think that the Boggy Depot is definitely supposed to be an Alice in Chains uh, album. It's like I always notice a difference like when Zach Wild writes his BLS stuff and then he writes his solo Zach Wild acoustic yeah. stuff. He makes a very big uh a, a, a line in the sand, you know, because he's yeah. not going over overly with the you know with, with the solos and stuff like that. And it's more of an acoustic driven thing. But yeah, you can, like when you hear Cut You In, you definitely hear yeah. Lane was that was definitely written from yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, and that's, and again, that just speaks to the dynamics of the, their musicianship and how they're just able to take like a heavy song and then write a, you know, a nice softer song, not even like a ballad, but just the strip it down a lot and make it acoustic and it's still got power behind it, you know, and I think that's what really, that's what influenced me to pick up the guitar. First song I ever learned how to play was Nutshell because it's a simple uh, chord progression, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, and singing along to it. That was the first song I was able to sing and play and I played the hell out of that song. I still do, you know. Did either one of you guys get to see Alice in Chains live? 
Uh, recently with this lineup, yes. I want to say maybe four years ago, we saw them, a bunch of friends of mine and I saw them down in Atlantic City. Uh, really, really like, I, I like the new singer. You know, I, I think he fits for what they're doing. Uh, of course, yeah. you miss Lane Staley, but this guy, man, their, their first album, Black Gives Way the Blue with this new guy. Um, his name is escaping me for some reason. William Duvall. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I can think because even even William Duvall put out some solo stuff, and it's just diff, you know it's different stuff. But he can sing. The guy can sing in his own. Uh, his it's own so right, hard, so. you know. It's so hard when you have a band whose singer is so dynamic and yeah, there's such yeah. a distinct sound. Like Which is you why know, could never regroup. Yeah, I mean, they could, the only person they could do they could fill in was be Richie Kotzen because he sounds exactly like Chris Cornell, but. William Duvall, the, the thing I love about him is that he's not trying to imitate. No. no. Singing his way, he's singing his yeah, way. Yeah. And his way fits. Mm -hmm. You know, just his actual vocal range fits. And I think it's a great thing. But I mean, I've seen, I've seen both uh, incarnations. I saw Max, I saw him at Maxwell's in Hoboken. Okay. Right as facelift dropped. Oh, damn. I mean, I was like 14 or 15. I snuck yeah, in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, you right. saw, you saw Allison Chains with Lane Staley at Maxwell's? Yeah, Maxwell's. Wow, in Hoboken, that's the that's the joys of being a little chubby and a little tall when you're when you're 15 <laughs> years old and you can sneak into some places every once in a while. That's a, that's a hell of a venue to see a band yeah, like that. It was, it was wall to wall people. I'll never forget that. But yeah. then I saw them. I saw them a couple times, and then I think I've seen them three times with uh, the new singer as well. Yeah, yeah they're good. That Black Is Way to Blue is a good album. Um, you know, Devil Put Dinosaurs Here is a pretty good. Yeah, they they got some good songs on there. You know, but I always circle back to uh, Jar of Flies. You know, I can I can put that in. And the only thing I don't like about it is it's so short. It's like thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, but I I could sit there and listen to that every single day. It, it, I'll never get sick of it. Rotten Apple is a fantastic opening song. You know, I bought that and Sap is a double LP. Oh, that's great stuff. And Sap it's like too. 40, yeah. It's like forty dollars. I'm like, there's nine songs. What's this forty dollars? <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, but, but Sap is is another good one, man. They got some really good songs on there, you know. But. Heaven beside you is on there, I believe, right? No, Heaven Heaven beside you is on there. Uh, oh, the self titled. Yeah, with the yeah. three legged dog. And that's an first. album that I think doesn't get enough credit. It was a good album. That was when they first. That was their last album, I, you know. That I, I, with uh, Lane, I believe, right? And, yeah, it was. And they were they were at the at that point fighting a lot. They were saying, and uh, the first song that they open up with on that album um grind they said it yeah. was about how the media portrayed them in a certain way and how they didn't want to be portrayed that way and there, it was kind of like a not an f you to the media but just to let them know they're still here you know and yeah, they're yeah. not going anywhere so yeah it's a good song man. yeah there's so many like the allison chains to me is one of the bands that totally defines the 90s for me yeah I, I, that's yeah. what i said like I, I there's so many good bands out of the 90s but when you hear 90s like metal or, or rock or whatever you think Alice in Chains right I, I you know you can't you can't not <laughs> I can still hear it like I you know now we have all the sophisticated technology we have like the turntables and the and the receivers and all this yeah. stuff and you can blast as loud as you want I can still hear wood being played out of my 86 Camry with one speaker that worked in the back right corner yeah. <laughs> and I still hear it in that way you know I mean yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how long I've been listening to this band I just can't not love it's, that it, band. Exactly. And that's, Damien, that's exactly right. Yes, sir. Someone who doesn't know you, okay? Uh, everyone what? that's watching this, you mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> Besides that genre of music, yeah. who, like, off the beaten track, mm. who else would you listen to? Like, Sean is a major Mariah Carey fan. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we all. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Who else? Who are you? Who else are you listening? I'll to? tell you what, man. I love. 50s. You would never think you would listen to this. Band. I love fifties music. Uh, I could put a fifties station on and listen to that all day. Um, I love bands like Everly Brothers, you know, Credence. There's so there's so many older bands that were so good. Guitar driven. Uh, yeah, and 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 you know, vocally driven. Like, and, and when you're younger, you probably don't like these types of bands, you know. But when you start getting older, you start appreciating music more. And you listen to this stuff, it's like, they're really good songs. They, you know, a lot of the songs of back course. then had meaning. Um, you know, just, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I mean, I, how can you not listen to them? Their harmonies are just crazy, you know. Right. Anything but harmony, I, I love. I, I kind of tend to gravitate to, you know. But uh, um, anything like that, I mean, any classic stuff like that. But I, I love I love 50s stuff, man. So if I were to give you a specific band, it's tough, but... Uh, you put me put me in a room at a 50 station on I'll, I'll whatever you know i'll listen to it the whole time you could know, you so. listen to the bgs 
I, you know what? They're actually, they were very talented musicians. When they played uh, acoustic guitar, like before they became disco, they were awesome. Even I mean, after they put yeah. out some, some live music, yeah, they, they were playing their instruments yeah. and they're playing acoustic guitar and it yeah. still sounds amazing. It's, cr it's crazy how awesome they were. And they just got, they just got sucked into, you know, someone threw them millions of dollars and said, here, you do disco now. And they did it. Um, but you can't deny that they were great singers all, you know, oh, even the, the youngest right. one that wasn't in the Bee Gees, you know? Yeah. Did um, you guys watch the uh, the Prince tribute the other night? I didn't watch that one. I missed it. I saw the New Jersey for New Jersey one, and I saw the uh, other one uh, last week. The New Jersey one was kind of off, I think. It, it was, you know, it felt like there wasn't enough. Like, I, I yeah. thought that, you know, you, you think New Jersey, or of course, Springsteen and Bon Jovi. Yeah, who doesn't? But then it's, there's more out there. I mean, you, that's, okay. where, that's where you're kind of really. I like Fountains know. of Wayne. Yeah, Fountains of Wayne. They did a great was, job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't... it was kind of sad scene. You could tell you could tell they were definitely a little defeated when they were yeah. playing. You know what I mean? But it's of got, course, it's definitely I mean, tough. But uh, but I didn't see the Prince one. But yeah, I, it was I, good. I, it was. I mean, Prince is one of my favorites, and uh, like that's another one you don't realize like how much amazing music this man has written. Not only for him, but like for other bands like Sheila yeah. E and Morris Day in the, in the, in the yeah. time and stuff. And they the all. Uh, yeah. John Legend was horrific. I didn't hear. Yeah, I didn't hear. Oh. You didn't, you didn't like seeing his man tits on, on TV? <laughs> Listen, it made me feel a little better about myself. I will tell you that. But uh, yeah, he did nothing compares to you. And it was just off from the first I'm note. Comedy like dress that way from now on. Well, you should. Yeah, no no shirt, but a blazer. That might work. Yeah. That might work. That's going to be my thing. Well, you know, Burt Kreischer has the machine. What would you be called? <sighs> I, I'd be the pea shooter. The pea shooter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the Foo Fighters came on to Drawing Nikki, which yeah, yeah. was great. And then um, there was, I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, her. Have you ever seen her? I don't think so. Really, really good. She's an R&B uh, singer, but she plays like seven instruments, like like Prince. Like Prince plays uh, fucking 60 instruments or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She plays all of it. She plays guitar, bass, drums, everything. She's really, really talented. And she was on there. Um, but getting back to, uh, to Pearl Jam, this is an argument that I have with a lot of people. I like Pearl Jam a lot. I really do. And I make fun of Pearl Jam, you know, just because my friends love them so much. But the first three albums are friggin' amazing. Yeah. And then after that, it's every third album, which is good. Yeah. You know, you get that, you hear that a lot. You know, some bands, when they get so successful, they can put out whatever and people are going to eat it up. You know, uh, I think they just got to a point where they just got bored. Like their, their new song, can't think of the name of it, but it's like an 80s tribute song, you know? The Talking Heads song. Yeah. And you know what? At first, I didn't like it. And then I listened to it. A couple, I, I kind of dig it, you know? Um, it's so different. Like, Lightning Bolt, to me, was a great album. Yeah, yeah. I love Lightning Bolt. And I, and I got, I was lucky enough to get an early copy of, of the new one. And I was yeah. just like, all my Pearl Jam friends are like, can I have a copy? I'm like, you really don't want to rush. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the thing is, too, I mean, they've been doing it since they were in their late 20s. They're in their sure. you know, mid to late 50s. How, how much do you just keep writing i mean they write so many songs when they play shows sure. they play for three hours i mean what else are you gonna do i mean are you gonna keep writing the same stuff over and over for 30 years yeah no i get that i get that it's just for for me it's like you you at least want like one standout song or one yeah. or two standout songs and there was just nothing on this last album for me yeah it, terrible. It, it wasn't i think that's you know when you talk about any bands you know that's why i try to look at music more as a, a time period thing and what i mean sure. by that is uh you know, I was, I was talking about this, like, I now that we're all home, you know, I, I got on that bandwagon of playing live at my house. You know, this is a room I use <laughs> I'm in now, yeah. but um, the other night I played a couple of songs from a band called Sponge. And love Sponge. Oh, love yeah. I mean, they were, yeah. their album, Rotting Pinata, talk about an album, another one that I could just listen to whenever. Sure. Um, I got their second album, Wax is Sad. What's the song, uh, So? Uh, Plowed, they had. Plowed, Plowed. Yeah, yeah. Plowed. Molly. <laughs> right. Yeah, Molly. That's just, I played that one, and then... Uh, but the thing about that album is like their their first two albums, Wax Static was okay. But then talking about how Pearl Jam, you know, you, they kind of trailed off. Like I didn't really buy any of their other albums, but if you put that Rod and Pinata album on, I'm all about it. Like, I have I a just, strange sponge story. I okay. saw them on the Wax Static tour at Birch Hill, and I real I love them. I really did. I love yeah. that second album too. Yeah. And uh, I guess, what was his name? Uh, Dombrowski or something like Vinny something Dombrowski. like that. Dombrowski? Yeah, Vinny, Vinny Dombrowski or something like that. Yeah. Kevin Dombrowski's brother. It could be. It could very well be. <laughs> but 
but like he was all like you could i was right on the rail and i was singing along to wax ecstatic i think yeah. it just came out and he jumped right down on the landing and he starts singing with me and puts the microphone there and i'm singing and then he stops and then kissed me right on the lips oh wow yeah because he went definitely got a hepatitis out after that hepatitis yeah. you stay in touch with him after that or no uh no he never returned my phone calls nah. dated for a short while Rock stars. Rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think we're going back to Pearl Jam for a second. I think the kind of, that best album to me was that first album. Yeah, ten was. It's kind of hard to kind of like that's your best album, but yeah. you never kind of like get past that. I go verses for their best album. Yeah, but verses you, is a good one too. You know, you got to look at if you you got to look at their best like out, bands that have their best album, and then what if they didn't put that one out yet until today? Would it hold up? So if ten came out today. Would that be as phenomenal, or would it just? We'd never get the airplay. That's what I'm saying, would it, or it just nobody would ever know it. Time and they were the better of all the other bands that were shooting out of Seattle at the time. Sure. You know, the top echelon. Um, it, you know, because there were a lot of other good uh, bands. Like Screaming Trees was good. Um, yeah, Mud Honey. Yeah, Mud Honey was good. There were a lot of good. Uh, even the what's their name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank here, but they're from Seattle too. They have the song uh, "You." Uh, Candlebox. Candlebox. Uh, they were from Seattle, but no one even really knew because they weren't grunge. They were, you know, they just played rock, you know, rock music. Yeah, they're more. They're they more. Rock hard, yeah, they were kind of hard to to put into a box. Yeah. Where are you gonna play them? What station? Who are you gonna play them with? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You far I, behind. You and Far Behind are, are two of the yeah. big rock songs of the nineties. Yeah, you know, they really were. Second album again, they trailed off with that album yeah. Lucy, and no one. Uh, no yeah, nobody cared, you know. And they just re-recorded the whole uh, first album, I believe. Yeah. I put them in the same category as a band you talked about on one of your seven o'clock shows. You talked about Collective Soul and why they never made it anything. They were good, yeah, yeah, man. They're still a great band, man. They just great put out band. an album like two years ago, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Collective Soul was really good. Yeah, I, I, I've always dug them. You know, there's so many yeah. bands that like, and this is one of the things I talked about was. Uh, underrated bands yeah, and yeah, I always yeah. put Collective Soul in there and Better Than Ezra was another band that I always they were pretty loved. good loved Better Than Ezra yeah yeah they should have broken down a little bigger but I think that was right at the time where it was starting to have that trend where the rock was kind of dying off right a little bit, you know? like that's what happened with the 80s when, bands you know? what's the outlet that you're going to play a band like Better Than Ezra like like they had they had a the, the big song good but then yeah, they also yeah. had remember they also had a song called The King of New Orleans yeah that's a great song and a couple of other songs and it's like where can you play them? How you know? How can how could they? What genre would you would you categorize them as? And you can't, yeah. and therefore they kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. And the music is great. Yeah, yeah I, I mean their album Friction Baby is it still gets played a lot in my household. But I want I want to touch a little bit on your songwriting because uh, you know I'll break down the fourth wall. I know Damien, Damien, yeah. friend of mine. Uh, and he's played in a, a couple different variations of bands with uh, mm -hmm. friends of mine as well. Um, how do you approach your songwriting? Do you do you try to, if you're in a band, do you just write the stuff and say, here, here is what I wrote, or do you try and write more collaboratively? It, it really depends. Um, when I first started just writing music, I had no idea how to do it. You know, it's I think like many people, and you just start writing and listening to other you know, songs that you really like and try to figure out like, oh, wait, they went this way with the song. So I can do that too. Or I can play the same thing over and over and over again. And that's great for this song, but I can't do that every song, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a, it's a mix. Uh, it depends. Like sometimes you go on a writing spree. I'm sure you guys as comedians, you may have 10,000 ideas in your head one day and you write down a million of them, you know, even though I said 10,000 million, you do the math. But if you, uh, you, you write down everything and then, you're, you're set to go. You're like, wow, I have so much material. And I think writing music's the same. Like some days, man, you just pump out songs and you don't have time to wait and collaborate because you just have such so many ideas. And then there are other times where you just kind of sit around and you, you it's kind of like a dry well for a little while. And uh, you need other people to kind of, even if something starts with a baseline, like, oh, then you can write a whole song off that baseline. But if it wasn't for that baseline, you'd have no idea, you know, or or a vocal, like here, this is how I want to sing this. Okay, great. Let me see if I can write music to it, you know? So, you know, what I've learned over the years and I'm still learning, but every there's no one right way to write, you know? So whatever makes the song go, you know, sometimes you can pump a song out in five minutes. Sometimes you write it, you start it now. And in five years from now you go back to it and go, oh, wait, that was a good riff. You know, why did I stop writing? Because 
you just run out of ideas for that particular riff, you know? Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, when I was when I was playing, I, I would always write with my guitar player, and like that's yeah. how it was. That was the basis of how we did it. Uh, but like now, I, I, I've been catching myself. I've been writing a lot more, which is very weird. And I mean, I was more of the rock, hard rock kind of genre. But like now, for me, the only thing that's coming out for me lyrically is like pop country, and it okay. could be possibly because I'm listening to a lot more of that and yeah, I'm yeah. more influenced by it. But uh, for me, like, I wouldn't know how to just send those lyrics now to right. like, to you or to, yeah, yeah. you know, my other, my guitar player. Yeah. Like, it, it's very different for me because yeah. now, like, like when you're saying, you can just sit down and write. I'm not a great guitar player, so, like, I can't put the music behind it, but I can give right, you right. a stack of papers and say, here, here's the melody. You see where the pre-chorus is. You see where yeah. the bridge is, like that. And then you figure it out, the rest of it. But I always thought it was a, a very interesting process, how everybody's different. It is. And I think that's, you know, that's what makes writing music so great because you, when you collaborate with other people and you really touch a nerve with whatever you're feeling at the time or whatever's going on, I mean, that, that's, that's a special thing, you know, people don't realize it. And I think that's a lot of musicians have a lot of good connections with each other because I mean, you're, you're, you're expressing yourselves to each other, you know, in, in a certain sure. way. And when you really write a song that clicks, it's like, if you do it collaboratively, especially it's such a great feeling, you know, you feel like you hit something out of the park, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such like an accomplishment. Um, but, you know, for me, I think the advantage or however you want to look at it for me was that, you know, I play guitar, I sing and I played bass for a while. So I kind of, I kind of throw all that together in my head when I'm writing. I don't just sit there and write just a guitar part. Like I'm writing the guitar part down, but I'm thinking of the entire song in my head while I'm doing it. I just can't write music. I can't read music, you know? So Sure. I start with, oh, that's a, you know, GDC. That, that's how I'm going to do this song. But in my head, I have a walking bass line going. I have a drum beat. So I, I can't write all that down. Yeah. Um, that's where the collaborative comes in. So even if I have like, hey, listen, this is what I have for the band. And here's the chord progression. This is what I want to do. Why don't you guys add whatever you want? And I, I was never really a dictator. Like, no, no, the bass line has to be like this. It's if I'm presenting the guitar part and the vocals, you write what you want to write to it, how you feel. You, you know, needs to, you know, whatever you feel needs to be there. And I have to trust. That's why we're in a band. I trust that you're going to play your part the way you should play your part, you know? And the then, common, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm going to say the one common thread I can see between writing comedy and writing music is you write when the inspiration strikes you. Yeah. Otherwise you'll lose it and you never really fully get it back. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and that's what I was saying before. Sometimes you write and things sit shelved for years. And then when you're writing another song, it's like, wait, what if I take the chorus from that one song that I kind of didn't like the song, but I liked the chorus, but now I like the verse. So let's put them together and see if they work. And sometimes they don't, you know, listen, if everything worked for me, I, you know, I'd be making millions of dollars doing this instead of, you know, trying to play at a, a local bar that closed down recently. You know, that's, that's the, that's the reality of it. But um, you know, people used to say to me over the years, like, oh, what do you plan on doing with this? Like nothing. I just plan on playing, you know, and I'm going to keep writing. It's such a great, as you guys know, I mean, when you write something and you get out there and you perform in front of people, it's such a great feeling. So whether oh, it's, sure. you know, one person or 50 people, you know, you just got to go out there for that one, even if one person shows up, play for them. Like there's a million people watching, you know, that's, that's, that's where I live by whether, yeah. it's, whether it's 20 people or yeah. 2000, you're getting the yeah. same show no matter what. Exactly. So why should they suffer? Because you didn't bring enough people there. Let them like, here, this is for you now. This show's for you. So get, you know, you sit down and relax. You know, I've had a lot of experience. With... Comedians kind of like live by that. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much do. Like I had to do a fundraiser the other night uh, online doing this on zoom. Yeah. It was very weird because I hadn't been on stage in a month. So I, I, in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm rusty, you know, even though I'm talking like a, like a moron every night, but it's totally, it's different. I'm like, I'm not regimented. I do a lot of crowd work. So like, I can't look at a screen and point and, and start talking, you know? So it was a little different for me. Like we had this uh, 90 people in a zoom room, all just watching me and like, you're doing your act and then you just can't hear any reaction. I mean, Jeff's used yeah. to that, but you just don't hear any re <laughs> Uh, it was so I'm old used this, Damien. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. <laughs> the no, short time that I've known Sean, we, yeah, we know. I know a, how he is. I'm a dick, but let's if he didn't say that to me, it means he wouldn't like me. That's exactly. true. It's a lot of I love. think that's true. If I don't pick on you, and you know it's an issue. Yeah. But it was so strange. You really like me then. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I might be, I might be a man crush at this point. But they, uh, they had 90 microphones muted, so like I couldn't see the reaction. But like, so what I did, Jeff, was I put two of the other comics on the on the bottom. Now, you know, comics don't really laugh at anything because we're miserable pricks. 
and I saw them two laughing, so I knew I was getting some sort of reaction. Right, right. But um, do you think it'd be really, really cheesy of you to have like a laughing track on your yeah. phone and then make a joke and then hit the button? Was that is that really, really bad to do? Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what though, <laughs> I might do it because I have another. I have two more of these coming just up. To make, just because it's so stupid that it would, it would make people laugh at how stupid it is. And I'm not like a prop guy either, but like I brought props out because I was oh, going on yeah. first, you know. Carrot so like, All right. no, no, what I did was <laughs> I I made it topical. So like the first thing I did was thank you all for coming in the room, but hold on, I sprayed the whole thing with Lysol, just like stupid shit like yeah. that. You know, you're see a lot of that in the next six months, believe me. <laughs> so give me a band that you love now. That's you know a new, uh, a new band. Dude, one of my cousins rips me for this because I don't listen to a lot of new stuff. I, I am still stuck in the, you know, I have the bands I like to listen to. Um, I'll I'll just keep going back to them. It's so bad. I, I'm I'm terrible. I, people ask me like, oh, who still influences you today? Like I don't I don't really listen to much today. You know, um, a lot of so people I, who like that though. Like I I, I tend I, to go in that direction too. Like right. I'll hear we've had a, an argument me and Jeff about Greta Van Fleet. I can't stand them. Oh yeah, they're. I heard that. Yeah, they're. I right. like them. You know, yeah. you like them. I just. Think I like them if they play live, and if you're gonna rip off a band, what better band to rip off than Zeppelin? Yeah. You know, but like I hear, like here, here's a band I think you'll like. It's called Dirty Honey. It's kind of like that same Zeppelinish vibe, but it's not as yeah. uh, directly ripped off. I would say. Uh, yeah, but, I, it's my. You know, I really should listen to more. I just the problem with me is, well, there's a lot of problems with me, but for this specific oh, yeah. topic here. Um, I, I just, I don't have, it's not that I don't have time. I don't want to sit there and try to listen to new stuff, which I know sounds crappy. I want to listen to what I want to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like I, I get to a point where when I have a few minutes to do something, I want to, you know, play the guitar instead of sitting down and go, oh, I'll listen to this new stuff. Not, and not for any specific reason. I don't hate new music because I don't really know what's out there. Um, the only thing I can think of though. Where you find your new music, Damien? everything would be on the online now anything youtube if if there's a little thing on the bottom of the screen say oh check this band out i might check it out for a second it's too much work now to find yeah. music. i think that's it too and and the fact that people don't really play out as much you know obviously before all this uh pandemic stuff but uh it used to be a big deal to go to concerts and i feel like newer bands i i've never really got drawn to them like i saw seven dust uh, about a year ago it's the first time i ever saw them and it was one of my best shows I've ever been to in my life. And they've been around forever, you yeah. know, but for me, I was like, holy crap. It was almost like a new band for me. But yeah. I mean, they opened up with the song Black, which is one of their biggest hits. That's that's almost like saying, here, here's our best song, but we have even more good songs that you're going to sit there and listen to. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that's ballsy, yeah. but they were so good. And I was like, I was there, I was there with my cousin and I was like, they opened up a black. He's like, you do wait to see the entire show. And it, I, I was just blown away. But I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to at my age now spend money to go see a new band where I don't think I'll get that feeling. You know, time is precious now. You know, we're getting sure. older. So, like, if I go see a show, I want it's I want to know that I'm going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, how about new music from an from an older established band? Well, that's well, that's you go with the new Pearl Jam album. You know, like I I'll, I bought that because I'm a Pearl Jam fan. I feel like it's at this point I bought pretty much all their albums. You know, I'm not going to give up now, but uh, um, but I, I still kind of listen to uh, any any band like I like that band. I just look at the CD over there, uh, Static X. You know, yeah. and when the when the lead singer passed away, I I was following their shows online with the new singer, like and how they're doing it, and it's crazy how he sounds just like him. It was so good. The way they make the guy up to look on stage looks like Wayne Static, you know, like from afar. And to me, that's amazing. So I love looking at stuff like that. But I think I got sucked into with this uh, particular um, topic is YouTube. And I just kind of click through some things and I'll click through uh, cover songs of bands and I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that and I'll see if it's a song I really want to learn how to play. Uh, I'll look it up like a, a cure song or something like that. I'll I'll check it out real quick, you know. Why did you pick the cure just there? Uh, because I cover one of their songs, so I just thought of it. Which song, song, like which song is it? Uh, love song. Oh, great song! I yeah. love the cure. Could I? Yeah, no, I, could I twist, twist your, your arm? Guy? Twist my arm? Could I twist your arm to reach behind you and grab your guitar and play it? Do you want me to do that now? Yeah, good. I'd love to be awesome. I'd love to hear you do a song. You'd be the second person to ever perform. I ship. could do that if you want to give me a second. I can't Let's guarantee it's going to sound great, but Listen, all right, give, give me a second. Here. Me get... sure. Do you like The Cure? 
I love the cure. Uh, yes. uh, I just got disintegration on vinyl. I think that's, that's probably my favorite cure album. Yeah, Easily. it's a great album. They just re-released it for like the 30th anniversary of it. Is there a headier, more moodier song than Prayers for Rain? That's a great one. That is a great one. I, I you know, you're talking about cover songs too. Like there was a band a long time ago that covered a cure song. I didn't even know it was a cure song. It was called uh, a band called Oleander. Oh, I mean, yeah, for you. Uh, they did um, Boys Don't Cry. Oh, great song. Yeah. yeah. A great, a great, and they, let me tell you something. They took it from the real poppy synth uh, vibe to a rock song. It's a real bitchin' rock song, so check that out if you haven't. Nope. Uh, but the, the Cure is one of those bands like from like that whole Smiths era. That's the only one that I really liked. Uh, okay. Yeah, because remember you said you didn't like the Smiths, but I love the Cure. I saw them a bunch of times. Um, I saw them on the Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me tour, and they yeah. open up with a song called The Kiss. And you talk about a heavy, moody, melodic song. That's a great one. Check that one out. Yeah, I definitely will. I, I, I mean, I, I really kind of stopped after that album. But uh, that's one of those bands I really like going, uh, I'll go back to every once in a while. Now here's Damien. He's going to do Adele's uh, love song. Adele yeah, covered it. Yeah, that was a good. We were going to do that with uh, a, uh, a friend that Sean and I have in common. Uh, she and I were going to do that song and we we're going to record like a bunch of stuff. And she wanted to do the version from Adele. And I, oh, nice. the guitar it's part's different. Version. Yeah, it's the guitar part's di It's weird. It's like, a, I honestly, I, I had to watch the video and watch the guy play it because, you know, I can't read music. So I have to watch and see how they do it. But Watching the guy play, it was like there were two guitars, and it just sounded fantastic. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it like that, you know. But um, can you hear the guitar pretty good? I guess. I, mean, I hear you. You're fine. I'm gonna try to do this. I have lyrics in front of me, so I'm gonna be looking down. I'm not like spacing out or anything. But uh, let's see. I haven't played it in a while, but let's do it anyway. I will always love you. I 
Very nice. I like Perfect. to think that he was actually singing that to me personally. Yeah. Well, I, I'd like to also add that uh, I didn't plan on playing today. So I <laughs> hope I sound right. Yeah, I know. But been uh, great on that New Jersey show. But. Uh, I'll tell you what, I would, if they would have said, hey, we're just going to pick a random guy's name out of a hat, and it was me, I totally would have did that. Absolutely. That would have been so appropriate. But that was yeah. awesome. You got to talk. You got, this is what you should be doing. Uh, you know, I, if, if I could do it and get, uh, you know, make a living, I would totally do it. I just, you know, I hit late, you know, I didn't start till I said earlier, 19 and I'm, you know, I'm still learning. I mean, that, that was very pitchy in my mind. Like I can definitely hear where, where I went wrong, but I've been hearing you uh, sing for 10 years, dude. You sounded perfect. I know, but uh, it, thanks, man. I That's appreciate the great that. thing about live music that yeah. it's not perfect yeah, and, yeah. and it still sounded beautiful. Yeah. My problem for me is that I'm perfectionist when I play. Sure. Um, so like people ask me, like when I did my last show, they were throwing out, like I told, I told them to give me some song, you know, some songs they want me to play. And if it's something that I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pull it off and I hate to turn it down, but I tell them like, listen, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to play that song, sure. you know? But, uh, I just realized good thing. I was wearing uh pants today. Cause I went over there. I just realized I was probably showing you. I did. I did an interview with my friend, uh, Jess Miller, who was a comedian. She asked me to do uh, a thing called half naked conversations. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. well, I'm wearing pants. And so we were, we were just talking about old cell phones. She goes, hold on a second. I have it. Now the thing about Jess Miller is that she looks like me. Yeah, <laughs> we have this ongoing joke. Like, I, I, I did a show with her and I walked in and we had the same <clears throat> outfit on, like literally so the same shirt, the same pant, everything. And we looked at each other like weird, but like she got up and then she went into her kitchen and she had on like boxers. And so uh, I was like, you do realize you can call it half naked conversations, but you should probably still wear pants. Yeah. yeah. You know? No, I know. That's the, yeah. I just, uh, but thanks for letting me, I love playing, man. And I, and I was saying earlier, like I started when I was 19, man, I wish I started earlier, but things were different that I probably wouldn't be where I am now musically. If I started earlier, I probably would have taken a different, you know, Dude, brand. I started comedy at 32. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, I know. It, it's never too late. the The problem is, how do you get fans when you're older? No one wants to see old people playing, you know. So, you know, I'm in my 40s now. So, in 10 years from now, I, I still plan on playing. Uh, yeah. But who's going to come out to see it, you know? And then, you know, you turn 60, then it's like Jesus Christ. Like uh, Bruce Springsteen last night, he's 70. The guy's 70 years old. And he's starting to look it too. But there he is, banging out a song. It's like, and this is all he does, you know, for a living. So, sure. I mean, he's also Springsteen. So, you know take it as you will well tell us about your uh your your band that you're doing now uh the band i'm doing now is with mark i'm sorry i don't i i texted him i have fucking no idea where he is but um uh, it's called acoustic vendetta and a couple of years ago um mark reached out to me and as i said we grew up together he lived a few blocks away from me like his dad was my football coach and you know i've known his family our families go way back so i knew that he's been playing music forever i knew he was a fantastic musician so when he reached out to me out of nowhere i was actually it wasn't that I, I wanted to say no, but I'm like, really? You want you want to play? Like, I'll do it. Like, but you really want me to play? Because then I'm thinking, he's going to want to do covers. And that's what he said up front. And I'm thinking, all right, covers, but he likes thrash metal. He, you know, he's in Soulfly. I mean, what covers do you want to do? Then he started throwing out, let's do some Whitesnake. Let's do some Bon Jovi. I was like, really? And he said, yeah. Let's, he goes, let's do all these songs. So, I mean, we do uh, In the Air Tonight from Phil Collins. We do... Uh, uh, Planet Caravan from Sabbath. I mean, we just do so many really cool covers that I really, not to say I wasn't expecting them, but some of them I weren't. I mean, we did uh, Free Falling from uh, Tom Petty. I mean, so uh, anyway, so just, you know, so going back a few years and he reached out, he's like, yeah, he goes, if you want to do this, man, he goes, listen, I'll get us shows. He's like, well, you got to do show up and, and play. I mean, the hardest thing for the project is with the exception of now, he's always on tour. So it's like, he comes home, there's a small window where we have maybe two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month where we can book a show or two. He books them when he's on tour. He has somebody here that does it for him. Uh, then he'll reach out to me and say, hey, you good for like a Sunday night at nine o'clock? And, I, you know, sometimes I have to say no because I work, you know, Monday morning. Sure. But, um, but you know, it's, 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 it was a great gig to get on. I was surprised that he wanted to, you know, have me play, especially because no one knows who I am. So now we're playing shows. He it's, knows you and you're good. No, he, you're yeah, really but good. I mean, like when we go out to play, I mean, he's got his fans – so it's like, hey, Mark Rizzo from Soulfly and this guy, Damien, like, who, you know, no one knows. They go to see him play his solo. So what we do That's is to show him when he comes out with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> um, but, you know, so we'll play, uh, you know, when we play a song or something, it, it is a lot of soloing involved. And and like Sean said earlier, I mean, the, the guy is it, talk about underrated musician. I mean, he he is just a fantastic guitar player. And uh, 
to, to, to me, when he asked me to go up on stage with him, I didn't know if I'd be able to hang up there. You know, I'll be honest with you. I was like, I don't sure. know if I'm going to be able to, to pull this off. I mean, this guy's fantastic. But the thing is, is he's, he's good in his way. He does what he's got to do. And I, I'm, I can keep a rhythm. You know, I could sit there and play four chords over and over again as long as you need me to do it. You know, so um, it, it worked out. And the good thing about playing with him, too, is, I mean, he gets the fans to come. So I get to meet a lot of his fans. A lot of them sometimes think I'm like part of SoFly. I have to tell them like, no, I have nothing to do with SoFly. I'm just, <laughs> I've known Mark since we were little. It's just, you know, it's just a circumstance of how we live close together, you know, geographically. Sure. Um, but, uh, but, you know, playing the shows is great because even if my voice is hurting or something, you know, from allergies or I'm sick or it's just, I lose my voice, you know, I can sing a verse and he'll solo for like five minutes and then I can sing another, you know, so it's perfect. It's like, and, and that's what we do. And so a five minute song could be 15 minutes, you know, cause he just keeps jamming out and we turn into his big jam and uh, he gets his buddy from uh, 40 below summer, the drummer for them now, Anthony DeVizio yep. is uh, he plays uh, uh djembe most of the time, you know, and, and sometimes he gets other uh, guest percussionists, but uh, this guy's, he's a human metronome man. He's awesome. And he can sing some backing vocals. So, the thing about this project is we never rehearse like so it's just like all right we're gonna play a show this week so i'll sit home and run through some songs he'll run through some songs when he's on tour but when he comes back it's time to go you know and, and we just play and then that's it and then all right man i'll see you when you get back from tour you know and he comes nice. you know but i'm hoping that once all this stuff clears i'm, I'm gonna start playing out myself you know sure. but the, the the hardest thing for me was i didn't have a sound system so um about a year ago i tried to buy something from Amazon and it just you know disappeared <laughs> it never got to my house so I was like maybe I'll take that as a sign to not do it yet you know and uh but once uh once all this stuff clears up I kind of like doing the online thing I'm not gonna lie because there's really no pressure and I could sit sure. here and do whatever but I miss being in front of crowds I'm sure you guys do it's it, whether it's you know whether it's people they're just sitting there at the bar drinking ignoring you but my favorite part of the nights is when um, I'll play a song and those people will turn around and clap because they were actually oh, yeah. listening. And I just love that. It's like, all right, go back to your drinks and just sit back and relax. I'll play a couple more songs. And, um, you know, the one place we play over in Lodi, I mean, they love us when we're there. So I do an open mic there when they, when they had the open mics and you just get such a good response and it's such a local crowd and I love it. And, you know, people my age, people that just love live music and it's just such a it's such a fun time i mean I, i'll tell you what I, if i didn't start playing music i have no idea what i'd be doing myself i have no idea what I'd like to me you is when this is all said and done i'd love to have you come out to linden new jersey to comedy under the stars yeah. and do a couple of songs i'll do whatever awesome. man i'll play look I'm, I'm i'm one of those people that just tell me where to go if i can make it work or i can get there i will play you know i have no problem with that um, yeah, we'll definitely make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I I'm there. Yeah, but that, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely want to do that. I mean, Sean and I briefly were start trying to do a band together. Remember, <laughs> I was going to oh, play yeah. bass for a little bit, and then I was going to play guitar for a little bit. My, and voice, then, my voice wasn't there. I, and yeah. listen, I, I, I was the first person to admit, like I was the weak link in that, you know. Ah. And no, nah, it's just the truth. I mean, my voice was just different at that time, and now yeah. I'm more comfortable, but. Yeah, listen yeah. thank you for coming on and no, thanks for having me man i you know I really this. thank I, you i you know anytime you want me to do this yeah I, you know obviously <laughs> i could be every week but if there's ever another time in the future you guys are like hey man we needed a guest if you're around uh, yeah you know, man, this is a lot I'll of definitely fun. do it man i i enjoy doing stuff like this so yeah now definitely. does acoustic vendetta have a facebook page we do it is okay. acoustic vendetta i believe i think it's facebook.com slash Vendetta. We haven't really been updating it too much because obviously we don't have much going on, but there are some live performances of us on there. Uh, there's YouTube. If you YouTube, when this project first started, it was Mark Rizzo's Acoustic Vendetta. He didn't, he's the one that changed it to just Acoustic Vendetta. So he didn't, he didn't want to be the solid. You know, yeah. Like he was just like, no, no, no. He goes, we're all in this band. He goes, I'm not, we're not doing that. So, uh, so now it's just Acoustic Vendetta. But if you go to YouTube and put in like Mark Rizzo's Acoustic Vendetta, you'll see some of our first shows. I mean, it was good. We were getting shows in the city. We were getting shows all over the place. He got us playing. Uh, he had a show booked for us in Connecticut. He had a show booked for us in New Hampshire. You know, it was just, it was just crazy. He had us, or Rhode Island, rather. And he had us going all over the place. But, um, you know, I, obviously I'm confined to where I can go. I can't just drop everything I'm doing and go. But um, if there's, you know, once this all blows over, if we can get back out there, man, I can't wait to do it. Awesome, man. Well, thank Damien, Danielle, thank, thank you, you very no, much. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much, man. If there's anything else you can do, just let me know. Absolutely. Guys, right. check out uh, Who's Your Band on YouTube. 
Uh, this video will be up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, we're back on uh, Podomatic as well. Yes, we're on Podomatic, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on whatever else is out there. But we have some, uh, we have some great shows coming up soon. Uh, once again, Danny, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank My you. name is uh, Sean Morton, and for Jeffrey Paul, thank you for checking out the show. Thanks, guys. And Mark also, Mark Rizzo. Yeah. Mark Rizzo, Mark. absolutely. Mark. <laughs> Even though he's, uh, his phone dropped and, uh, you know, that was it. I have but, no idea. I was very happy for him to come on for a couple minutes. Yeah. And uh, listen, it was a great show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care.